clubhouse. But in the meantime, you are playing Dorothy in your own yellow brick journey. And because it's real life and not a story, you kind of have to lay down and carve your own path. Part inspiration, part education, the whole artist with Courtney Rue. Be your best you. Hey, thanks for listening to The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. I'm Courtney Rue, and today my guest is Tony Howell. Besides being my friend, Tony Howell is a digital strategist for Emmy, Grammy, Tony, Oscar, and Olivier award-winning artist. His work's been featured by Google, Squarespace, SAG-AFTRA, Actors' Equity Association, and more. And before becoming an entrepreneur, he was an actor for 20-plus years. He performed on Broadway, off-Broadway, did national tours, and more. Not only does he have free weekly content and scholarships to his quarterly programs, but Tony donates a percentage of profits to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS and 100% of the profits from his book, Artist to Artist, to the ACLU. And you can learn more about him at TonyHowell.me. We get into how we met each other in the podcast, but I want you to know that besides Tony being a friend of mine, I've hired Tony to build my website, CourtneyRue.com, which people love. I've done all four of his quarterly programs. I ask him for advice all the time. I just want you to know Tony, too. If you need help in the digital world, if you need help with social media, email, your presence, your branding, Tony's an awesome resource to know. Listen, it takes a village to raise an actor. And because Tony is so generous with his time and his information in his head, he's agreed to do a live Q&A on Instagram Live with me on my channel at Courtney Rue. That's Sunday, July 26th at 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and 4.30 p.m. Pacific. So hopefully you listened to this when it first came out and you can join us. He'll be answering any questions that come up for you from this podcast, or if you know him from anything else, you can ask him anything. And then the next day, Monday, July 27th at 6.30 p.m. Central as well, he will have a live free class called The Life-Changing Magic of Email Excellence. He talks about his love for Marie Kondo in the podcast, so of course. The Life-Changing Magic of Email Excellence is a taste test for the program that he does called Email Excellence. And it's really why email matters, how to write emails that pay your bills, why Google is the only option, how to take control of your daily messaging, which can be super stressful, and why it's important to grow your followers outside of social media on email, as well as social media. We all, you know, need it, I guess. But don't worry, if you missed the Instagram Live with us or you missed Tony's free class, just sign up for both of our email lists on our website site and be sure you know about the next free thing we do. Tony grew a small side business that he did on the side of his acting career into something really extraordinary and now he lives in Bali and does this business from Bali which is just amazing to me. I've learned a ton from Tony Howell and I hope you do too. And if you have a side business or are thinking about having a side business and you're wondering what you should do with your social media and your name, should you combine them with your acting stuff, should you have totally separate ones, that's in here too. But before we get to Tony's interview, I just want to briefly mention there's a few more days if you're listening to this on Monday when it's released. There's a few more days for you to vote for the SAG-AFTRA 2020 TV theatrical contract if you're a member. I hope you vote yes. There's a lot of opposition very loudly saying vote no. Personally, I think that would be a disaster to start negotiations over from scratch in the middle of a pandemic after the AMPTP has lost so much money from this pandemic. I know the contract's not perfect, but there are amazing things about this contract. 
So please vote yes because of all of the financial gains, the simulated sex and nudity clauses, the high budget SVOD residuals, which that's where everything's going. There's hundreds of new streaming shows every year. There's only 17 shows that are being syndicated now. And with the new syndication structure, we're hoping we get more shows syndicated. I would love to have deeper conversations with you outside of this in my Instagram DMs or in my email or through my text. So go ahead and reach out to me with however you know how to reach out to me and we can talk more about it. But please spread the word to vote yes if you've already voted. And without further ado, Tony Howell. Hi, Tony. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here and to talk to you, hear your voice. Yeah, I miss you. Likewise. I kind of want to start with how we met because I think it's a fun story and I think it shows just how fun and easy networking can be. For sure. I have a terrible memory, so I will tell my version and you can (laughs) fill out any of the details. Okay. But uh, we were both in a business coaching program called Your Other Dream Job from Dallas Travers. Is that right? Yep, that's right. We happened to be in the same city. So at the time, I was on tour with Evita, and you reached out, and you were like, hey, you are in my town. I'm like, hey, yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> so we had breakfast. I remember sitting and, like, dining together, but then we've been besties ever since. I know. And then I went and saw Evita. Scott yeah. and I went and saw it. And how, great. how was it? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Was that your last professional tour somewhat it was the last big job and it was on that job that I decided to start looking at career evolution or expansion but I did do one other show prior to doing Evita I was at the Kennedy Center doing showboat after Evita I found myself in New York at a co-working space and I got a call from the choreographer it was like do you want to go do showboat again we're doing it in Dallas Mm -hmm. and at that time I was in that internal tug of war of saying do I want to be an actor I had gone and auditioned for Kinky Boots, and it was my dream show, and it didn't quite happen. I really had to evaluate. And so I took the opportunity to go repeat that show. So I did Showboat, and that was my last acting job, and that was my answer that I'm I'm okay making change. Yeah. So you're a change maker. I try to be. <laughs> or you help people find how they are change makers. Is that your purpose, your mission? Well, we recently have been rebuilding a website. Hopefully it'll be live by the time this comes out. It is a labor of love because I really want to make it as functional as possible for people. But the mission that we've come up with is that we teach artists how to become healthy CEOs. So that's taken a lot of time to articulate. And I wanted to make something that I hope is memorable. So let me say it again. (laughs) (laughs) We teach artists how to become healthy CEOs. So there's an element of business coaching. There's an element of wellness. That's the mission. But then the vision is ultimately to galvanize a collective group of change makers to change the world. I think we can do it together. Yeah. Do you know how that happens or you're just you just know it can? Changing the world is a big thing. And I don't even think Oprah or Beyonce have the power to do that. But I think in my own analysis with work and my life, everyone wants to make a difference. Uh, I like the way that Steve Jobs said he wanted to put a debt in the universe and it influenced the Apple logo. 
So I think we all are here to try to put a dent in the universe. And you may not change the world, but I think you can leave a mark or leave a legacy. Or And it's also, even if you just change one life, I think that that is what we're here on the planet to do. Absolutely. So was it hard to transition from acting into being a digital strategist change maker? I would lie if I said no, but in retrospect, it wasn't that difficult. I think that once you really listen to your heart and to what you're here on this planet to do, your life can take a myriad of directions. So that's really what started is I was acting, I was quote unquote living the dream, but I was not fully satisfied. And I had to really Mm -hmm. examine why. And in doing so, I asked myself why I became an actor. And it was to inspire and create. The thing about acting is that most of the time you're interpreting. You're not actually creating. You're interpreting something else that someone else made. I set off to create a side business. And then it eventually grew because I just loved what I was doing. So at one point, there are a couple of moments in my content that I remember I used to do a talk show where people would ask me a question and I would make a video and someone asked me this kind of same question or or is it possible to be an actor and, and just have a side business? And I sort of had to come out on the internet and say, I am not an actor anymore. That was the choice that I made, but it does not have to be your choice. But a lot of the change for me was really examining who I am and what I'm here to do. And I think that's also some of the work that I then pass on with my clients is if you are not your job, whether you're working or whether you're not, then how do you tell people who you are and show them why they should care? I'm doing that in acting and coaching and lots of things like podcasting. And you can live your purpose through a lot of different careers. It doesn't have to be through just one, in my opinion. Correct. And in less woo-woo language, if we want to go like legit, it's like different revenue streams. So artists are freelancers. Most of the time, it's good to diversify your income. Even Starbucks has different revenue streams. Mm -hmm. It's a smart thing. And whether it's Lady Gaga putting out perfume and makeup and, and whatnot or putting out music, we are creators, we're artists, and what we do can take a lot of different shapes. But the real truth and the, the through line is that you're doing it all. It's all Courtney Rue, the magic. Right. Yeah. And so when you were working with me on creating my website, I used to have the whole artist.com and then CourtneyRue.com. And can you talk a little bit about why you had me put that all in one? Yeah. And it's the same journey that I made, but underneath it all, people were hiring the whole artist to work with Courtney. I believe when we made that decision for you, it was about, okay, well, if I have two websites and two social handles and two emails, I'm doubling the amount of time, energy, perhaps money it costs me. And I might be dividing my audience because they might be confused about which website to subscribe to or which Instagram to follow. For the most part, I'm a minimalist. I'm going to Marie Kondo life. (laughs) I want to like just look at exactly what is necessary. And in our discovery process, it just seemed that you are Courtney Rue. And uh, for the listener, you know, I think it's about examining the long term. So I just had this conversation with someone who's in a business coaching group of mine, and she has a blog 
that she started that's a bit of a character she asked me kind of the same question should i combine them and i asked her to examine someone like Miranda Sings and Colleen Ballinger. You know, it took a while, I think, before Colleen was recognized as Colleen. Otherwise, she was, like, always needed to be Miranda. And that's different than someone like Todd Recall, who can just, like, be 7,000 different characters, but they're always Todrick. I think it's an individual thing, but I will also say I see a trend, I'm guilty of it myself, for new entrepreneurs. They want to name their business something other than their name, and I believe underneath it, it's because if the business fails, then it was just this like thing that we did. We don't necessarily oh. have our full name on it. Yeah. At least for me, Streamline and ultimately, and Courtney, I think this is true for you. It's like, it's your life's work. So of course you want your name on it and you have other team members, you know, that help you. But right. ultimately it's Courtney Rue. It's, it's such an interesting conversation because then there's companies like Tommy Hilfiger or Donna Karen, and you can name your company whatever you want. But for artists that might be looking at entrepreneurship, unless you're doing something completely different, like a singer that sells houses on the side, I really like to try to keep it as an extension of who you are, just like big brands like Oprah or Lady Gaga or whoever. Right. So if someone was selling houses on the side, you would keep that separate. It really depends. So this is where, again, different revenue streams I get real, as you might be able to, to confess. Like, I ask some deep questions of like, okay, well, why are you doing that? In general, I'm starting to feel and see that I'm I'm also a business coach. So I would look at if there's other skills that if that person is happy selling houses, awesome. But it sounds like a survival job. So I would like to find something that they can do with their unique talents and their gifts. Yeah. Oftentimes, even if it's a celebrity, there is always a mix of teaching and art. So there might be a year where 100% of your income is from acting, Courtney, and then there might be a year where that percentage is small and the percentage like coaching and teaching is very high. But I think that that fluctuates based on the market and, and your age and, you know, all the different factors. But that's what I can say that I think is useful for people listening is that there are a thousand ways to make money. So you don't have to take a job that you hate. And <laughs> you and I can both confess running your own small business is something you're going to want to like commit to and make it like an f- honest extension of who you are because otherwise it's just way too much work. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the beginning, it was hard to say like, well, I'm putting as much time acting as I am building this business because it does take time. But then once you build it, it takes less to maintain it, I think, mm-hmm. if you're doing it as a side business. And there's brand equity is something that, you know, you've built up a name for yourself. So then you don't have to work as hard when you have something to sell because people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this program that, that Courtney's putting out. Yeah. Something that you and I both talk about is the no like, and trust, which I think works for both if you have a business and as an actor. And kind of how we met is we met each other. We know Now we know each other. We like each other. We trust each other. We can work together. How does that work? Well, I have to correct you because we don't like each other. Oh, we, we love, love each other. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> it Thank works you. the same. But what I think the secret weapon is, is word of mouth. Everyone is mm-hmm. trying to market. And if you have other people singing your praises, then you don't have to work as hard. So if someone recommends a plumber to me, I don't necessarily need to look up Yelp and like look at the best reviews. I'm just going to hire that plumber. My best advice is to focus on being extraordinary at what you do and being extraordinary to work with. 
so that you just book your next job with every single paid engagement that you take on. People just love you so much that they sing your praises. And then you end up finding like-minded people to say, oh, my God, of course, please coach me. Or you have to you have to work with my friend Courtney. She's amazing because she is. (laughs) Thank you. Does that come from like quotes on your website from people or how do you do that online? You could obviously do that on your website. It's called social proof in business language. For a play that I'm working on right now, you know, we'll feature the reviews from the New York production as we get ready for the L.A. production to create social proof for L.A. audiences that and and their London version and their Madrid version that like, oh, this is like a really cool thing. I need to see it while it's in L.A. The other side of it, you could have social proof from followers or views like some of those vanity metrics. But the real secret, I will recommend a client that is not an artist. My client, Christine of Flawless, F-L-A-W-E-L-E-S-S dot com. We're working really hard with her content marketing and, and she's investing in a little bit of paid advertising to build brand awareness. But she does events all the time for high-end people in the Hamptons and Tribeca and things like that. And so my secret for her, and it's the same thing that I've done when I've consulted companies, it's like plant your social handle, plant your hashtag so that people, when they unbox her hand sanitizer spray that they're incentivized and encouraged to share it on their social media and that is how word gets around for artists you know how do they create social proof word of mouth one thing is is be phenomenal at your job and so that people watch your Mm -hmm. episode and they're live tweeting at you or they saw you on broadway and then they'll try to tweet you or instagram you after the show and and build a relationship with your audience so that they'll shout you out again. And I guess yeah. another small tangible way, Courtney, is really engaging with people. Half the work with social media beyond knowing what to post, I think, is it's making it real and, and yeah. having conversations with people, the engagement in the comments. Oh, yeah. People get so excited when someone that they love comments back or messages back. And in extreme, they'll take a screenshot and say, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I th- that's person- happened to me. People take a screenshot of me like liking their post or their message or something and, and repost it. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. And I'm not even famous. Yeah, you are. <laughs> She's an influencer. An influencer. Oh, my gosh. You have a lot of Wizard of Oz themes in your <laughs> coaching. Where does that come from? Big secret revealed here. I'm gay. No. (laughs) Happy Pride. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Wizard of Oz. Well, honestly, part of branding, everything I've learned is about building a brand, which is different than business, which is different than marketing. And maybe we can look at some of the nuances of these words. But with a brand beyond fonts, colors, photos, like some of the visual elements, there's the emotional side. It's how people feel uh, Mm. and how they respond. That's how they buy things. You buy things because of how you feel, not because of the stats around. Yeah. You know, I've been taking lots of business classes, but it's just, it's a part of who I am. It's my favorite movie. And then I always try to make metaphors when I teach things. And so The Wizard of Oz has emerged as a through line. The crazy thing is that there's a lot of psychology in that movie. And that's almost what I think business and branding and marketing is. It's learning psychology so that you can get people to take the action you want them to take. Because you have something to offer them that will help them. And it's a story. That's the other thing, you know. 
know, is people remember stories. They may not remember formulas or facts, but if you can tell a story, it is memorable. So what is the wizard of one-to-one-to-one? Courtney, I am so glad you asked that question. (laughs) Back in the day, I worked at Music Theater International as a marketing temp that turned into a permalance position. So I was in Shanghai doing a show while reading Next to Normal and writing character descriptions, just as an example. And one of the things I remember from my boss, he shared an article with me, I think, and it was one-to-one-to-one, which is determining the ultimate number one goal of this message. What is the ultimate number one audience or who is the ultimate audience? And how do you present your best self? So I was looking for a way to share that in one of my courses. This idea came along and everything has like fallen in place in terms of magic and, and synergy. But I look at the number one goal as the Emerald City. You can see it on the horizon. You Mm -hmm. know you're going to get there. You know you're going to get that Broadway debut or that book deal or whatever it might be that you can see it happening. You're just not sure how. Then your number one audience is a Glinda who could wave their magic wand and get you there in no time. But in the meantime... You are playing Dorothy in your own yellow brick journey. And because it's real life and not a story, you kind of have to lay down and carve your own path. So I look at taking a dream and turning it into an action plan by paving your own yellow brick road. And so every day you you lay down a few yellow bricks. If you are not consciously laying down those bricks, if you kind of fall into a habit where every day you're working out and you're practicing your scales, but that is not necessarily moving forward closer to that Emerald City. You're just kind of in the same place doing the same actions. I really like this formula as a way to bring specificity because a singer that wants to be on stage at the Met is different than a singer that has an Emerald City number one goal of putting out their own pop music. And then it allows me to work with my clients on a target for their brand so that we're not building a website for them. We're building it for Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino or Shonda Rhimes. You want to build something for one person or write an email for one person, not for everybody out there who could possibly hire you. When you're really specific, you'll draw in the right people and you'll draw in people outside of that specificity as well because you're so focused. Am I saying that correctly? Absolutely. So initially, you know, my brand was for actors and I was really targeting actors and I was writing for backstage. Out of the blue, I got an email asking if I wanted to fly to Philly and speak to a group of magicians. (laughs) It's just as long as you're specific, then you'll attract people that you didn't even think it would resonate with. But that's one example. And Courtney, I actually, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I have this like epiphany while I was here in Bali that's a little crazy. But you know my work because it's like color-coded. It starts with purple, which is about sort of your business and your business goals. And then we go into blue, which is for branding. Green is website. Yellow Mm -hmm. is email. And social is red. And that's Roy G. Biv backwards. But interestingly, while I'm here in Bali, I'm taking these like yoga classes and they're talking about chakras and things. And it's it's in alignment. So like your higher purpose, your highest calling, your intuition is purple, which is like the beginning. Then in your third eye is I'm sorry. No, that's not. That's the that's the purple. But your brand is in your throat. And that's how you communicate and, and your story, your heart, your solar plexus is green. And that's your website where you welcome people 
people and you make them feel safe. Yellow is communication and then red is social media. So I just like, I was like, whoa, there's something there with those colors and the color psychology and just the order of things. You didn't even know it. I didn't know it. And and (laughs) if you want to be skeptical, you're like, well, it's just the rainbow backwards. But the fact that the color psychology that I applied to these method and then all of the way that the whoever invented the chakras, I just love how they're in alignment. And so I'm I'm super excited to help more people put all these things together and get them all, yeah. all aligned. So those are your programs. Do you want to talk a little bit about each program or your favorite program or what you have coming up next? Sure. My favorite is lately the business side of things, really helping people, especially with Corona, where a lot of industries are on pause or shifting. So I was speaking with a composer today and he is in a pessimistic mood. He doesn't think that his show is going to be produced. They were actually trying to downsize their website and it was like $72 uh, that they were trying to save. And I, Mm. I just recommended that while we're on pause, that they do a little bit of outreach, that they reach out to theaters and offer the show for digital presentations or to put it on the live season next year. And they rightfully said, you know, our show is a classic white story. It's it's Enchanted April. But I mm-hmm. recommended that I was like, well, then own that. And it should be in a series that is full of Black, Indigenous, people of color, LGBT. I think that if a theater is interested in presenting diverse stories, then I think the audience would be attracted by this story so that you bring in people that that are used to seeing these classic stories. And then you present that side by side with something that's new and innovative and real and from a marginalized community and a story that people have never heard before. And then you program the talkbacks and the things like that. So we're all pivoting. And I went off on a tangent but I, that's one instance of business coaching that I love, that I, I just try to help people see new possibilities. Then we get into branding, website, email, and social. But in terms of what's coming up, we have our email excellence class, which I'm super excited about. And the thing yeah. about email is it's your cash register. If your website is a bit of a storefront where people can kind of like come and check you out and see what you have to offer, email is where business is done. And you could argue and and say social media is everything, but you're going to DM someone eventually and say, hey, I want to hire you to do X. And then it moves to email for contracts and payments. I am really excited. I'm currently getting that all ready to go. And then, of course, we teach Smartest in the Fall, which is our social media class. But everything is on rotation. And when someone joins a program of mine, they get the same program every year. So you can always revisit your website or always revisit the way that you manage your day-to-day email and do email marketing. I just revisited the email program. I joined all of them. When all of them were open at the same time, I decided to join all of them. You do that once a year, twice a year? We're going to continue experimenting, which is another thing. You know, business is really about looking at your numbers, but I have had good success with offering the bundle. So if someone has the ability and they want to invest and and get all the classes at once, we'll probably continue offering that. Nice. Uh, What I love about the programs is then you do calls. You can jump on. It was Zoom uh, recently. Was it anything besides Zoom before? I usually use Zoom. I tried Facebook or Instagram Live, but for 
for the work, it's really helpful to be able to share screens and, and even sometimes request remote control. I'm using breakout rooms now to randomly assign accountability partners. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's lots of fun things, but I want to ask you, Courtney, what was your favorite class thus far? My favorite thing that I did with you was you creating my website because I tried to do it on my own and I'm just like not good at it. So I just want to, I wanted to hire you and we worked together. Favorite part about that was like doing the research myself that I would do in your class. So that class is called Presence. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the branding class. The work that you do in presence is what I did one-on-one with you. And it is finding that Emerald City, finding that Glinda, which mine was Mike Schur because I love The Good Place and I, I like love everything that Mike has done. So Mike Schur was my Glinda. And so we made my website uh, for him to be my number one audience. And everybody loves my website. So it's not just like if Mike Schur came to my website, he's the only one who could love it. Like I get Mm -hmm. so many compliments on my website. I'm always like, work with Tony, work with Tony. Thank you. (laughs) Casting directors, (laughs) managers that I've talked to, they're all like, you have a really great website. You really know your branding. I was like, thank you, Tony Howell. And taking photos with Joe Maza was super fun in that something you recommend is getting great editorial photos for your website. So that was my favorite, the presence. I want to bring it back to if we were on one of those Zoom calls and it was the email marketing class, here's what I would ask you. And I, I hope that we can talk a little bit about this right now, if that's okay sure. with you. Yeah. I don't have a problem sending an email out to my mailing list about this podcast or my coaching or any programs that I have coming up for coaching. I really have a mental block when it comes to sending out an email to casting directors and agents and whoever is on my industry list about what's going on with me as an actor. And I'm wondering if you can help with that. So I think the first thing that you can do is offer segmentation when people sign up. So I think you will feel better if someone voluntarily says they want news on Courtney's acting career and someone else checks a box or unchecks a box that says they want news on Courtney's coaching practice. That is one way. And it it does get tricky. So you're an advanced person. If someone's like, how do I set that up? It's like, this is where it requires a little bit of time for us to, to dive in deeper. But that's the first thing that I would recommend. The second thing would be that you could take the pressure off of yourself of how frequently you send. It does not have to be every six weeks. It does not have to be every six months. I do think that the purpose is that you have something to share. The way that you share that is also important. So the example that I share in Email Excellence is what feels better for you when you open your physical mailbox. A brochure from the Roundabout Theater Company saying, come see this show, or a postcard from your friend that is an actor that says, oh my God, I would love for you to come to New York and see this play. I'm so proud of it. Uh, It would mean the world to me if you'd come. So I think personal Mm -hmm. always wins. I see a tendency with a lot of actors when they are promoting themselves that they put out a brochure or a newsletter and they try to make it shiny and flashy. And I made this mistake myself. But the more I learn about branding and marketing and relationships and communication, just be a human talking to another human, even if it's going out to thousands of people. It should still feel like a personal email saying, hey, Courtney, I'm in rehearsal today and I realize that I have not told people 
what I'm up to. So I just want you to know I'm currently in rehearsals for this thing and I'm super proud of this work and I'd love it if you would check it out. Here's the link. And that to me, I think will be more effective than shiny pictures and big colors and fonts and things. It's just because it's it's real. It's, It's from your friend Courtney. I like that. That's good. Yay! <laughs> Take the pressure off to have to do it on a regular basis. Just like every once in a while when you get something to share, share it. Yeah, it's the same thing with social media. When someone posts every day because they think that they have to, it can become a little obnoxious or just too much. But for the friends that rarely post and then they share that they're pregnant or they share that they got engaged or they share like whatever, then it like suddenly has 10 it, times it the means amount. something. Yeah. And so we don't we live in a world of a lot of people talking. I think even as your star continues to rise, Courtney, use your touch points with intention so that when someone does get an email from Courtney, they're really, really excited to open it up. That's good. Speaking of social media, something you talk about is scheduling your post. And I also have a block around I've had it on my to do list to be like, find some time to schedule some posts. Yeah. Because I just go on a whim and I'm like, oh, I feel like posting this right now. And I do. And then I get sucked into like being on social media for an hour and a half when I could be doing other more important things. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it's such a time suck. But that's where scheduling can be helpful. And we are working on a calendar as well as possibly, you know, I'm I'm not just sure if it's going to be a free thing that just has like an annual calendar if it's like a mini class but we're working on this but what I can give you the short version today is I think that you could start simple so look at your entire year and maybe pick out the birthdays that you don't want to forget or the special personal events and you could just start by scheduling Mm -hmm. those rather than going to Facebook and getting sucked into a vortex use a platform like Buffer or later to compose the media there and and connect it to your different accounts. And so that's what I would recommend to get around your block is that you just start with things that you know what you might want to say on Valentine's Day, or you know what you might want to say on Thanksgiving. So if you can sort of break the seal with that, then I think you can work up towards what we do for our clients and for our internal company, which is monthly posting. So what we do is we look ahead at June or July or August and say, these are the days and the events that we want to highlight. And it goes through just like an assembly line of like some writing, some editing. We add media. Sometimes we do the media first and add captions after. But you can do it. I know you can. It's just about making the time. (laughs) So do you recommend that someone has all of the social media outlets all the time? Or because I have Facebook Twitter and Instagram. But I really, I use Instagram all the time and I love Instagram. I begrudgingly use Facebook and I barely ever use Twitter. Is it better for me just to get rid of Twitter altogether? I don't think so. And the reason why is there are clients who want to grab their name as a new Twitter user and then someone's already taken it. Worst case scenario, they've taken it and they're uploading adult content or Mm. people could get confused. I recommend claiming your real estate on the internet. So today I started a Vimeo account for a client and we went in right away and changed it from Vimeo user 76543 to their name just to add more branding and professionalism to the handle. So I recommend trying to be as consistent as possible. And there is a website that people can use called Name 
vine.com to see what is available. And then, like a Starbucks that hasn't yet opened in a neighborhood, you kind of put up a sign, whether it's in your bio or whether it's in your latest post, that says, not really here on TikTok, but come over to Instagram where I I post daily or I I share my day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. something like that. Okay, good stuff. I want to go back to Bali for a second because you're in back. Bali. <laughs> no, I really want to come back to Bali. Well, I, I've never been there, but I want to go visit you. You shouldn't allow people from the United States to come visit <laughs> Touché. you. <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Why the move to Bali? And do you feel like you could have done that as an actor? Or did you have to have a business like the business you do to there. So there's two questions there. Why Bali? For me, the journey was that I had some issues with roommates in New York that took advantage of me because of capitalism. That's so surprising. (laughs) I was really angry and frustrated and felt betrayed. And at the same time, my stepfather was ill. So I went home to be with my mom through that journey. And Mm. because of this confluence of events, like I didn't have an apartment in New York. My things were in storage there. I took it upon myself to travel. Here's another resource if it's helpful, but there's a website called Mm nomadlist.com and you can search cities based off of Wi-Fi speed, weather, is it family friendly, is it LGBT friendly? Bali and Thailand were very high on my filtered searches. I went on a little journey. I went and auditioned Thailand and I auditioned Bali. (laughs) And Bali won. Um, Thailand is beautiful, but what I really love about this island is it's jokingly called Silicon Bali. (laughs) So in the same way that I moved from cornfields and cows of Indiana to theater and gay culture in New York City, and then from New York City into Bali, which is full of influencers and media creators and consultants and large entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs, I found a community here. And I will continue to grow and learn. The other side of it, Courtney, was it just allows me some white space to create. It's cheaper to live. I don't have to like hustle as hard to pay rent. And the time difference really helps me so that I, I have time to do the writing and the thinking as well as the designing side of things. Could an actor live here and make a living? I'm not sure. An actor could definitely vacation here. I was recently at one of my favorite restaurants, and I won't know his name, but this really sexy actor that I was just like, I've seen you on television. And I want to say hi. He was actually running lines with his girlfriend. So he must have been like putting on a self-tape at some point in Bali. That's so funny. And you've had actors come visit you for an extended period of time, yeah? Yeah. So a lot of those have been friends. I actually haven't had a full client. It's something I want to offer. But one thing I can tell you that we are planning on when the world opens is we have been planning a retreat that we are calling. Yes, come on over. (laughs) It's going to be a digital wellness retreat specifically for artists. The game plan is to build it so that it's a week long, maybe put in a free day in the middle of it. So that if you have like your Bali bucket list of like, I want to do X, Y, and Z, there's a a day for you to do that. But we're going to build in exercises for mental health, for physical health, and then for digital health. And rather than fireside chats, there'll be poolside chats. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing, and I can't wait. So, yes, mark the date tentatively, February 2021. Wow. But we have to wait and see what the world looks like. Tony. Yes. How can people find you? Well, the easiest way to find me is through Google. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, my website is tonyhowell.me, and I'm Tony Howell on most, 99% of social media, but you'll be able to find me there. I love that you said that about Google, because one of the things that you talk about is controlling what comes up when people Google you. And mm -hmm. part of that is having your own website. It's a game. It's an algorithm. And so Google results are very important. And that is another reason for sure to have your own website. Because if someone Googles you and they look at Instagram or they go to LinkedIn or they go to Wikipedia or IMDb, they might start surfing and they never come back to you. Being able to shape your Google results, I think, is, is paramount. And the interesting thing, Courtney, because I just love talking all about this stuff, but <laughs> your website does not have to be huge. It just has to be effective. Yeah. So a lot of times people are scared uh, of, of getting involved or, or doing it, but it really doesn't have to be more than one page, two pages, as long as those pages are doing their job. And, and of course, you can go bigger if you have more things to share, but I find a lot of people getting in their own way, and I hope that it's helpful to know that you can just have sort of a business card website or a brochure, but it's a great way to help people get in touch with you. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you love that actors and artists do to market themselves? I think the most important thing is to do something different. Because if you do what everyone else is doing and expect that it's going to work for you, then it won't because it's not authentically you and you're not going to stand out. But one of the things that recently spoke with me, I've got a couple thoughts percolating, but my latest podcast guest, Catherine Allison, and that's a great interview. If you guys love podcasts, please go listen. I do uh, love podcasts and yours. <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you so much. She wanted to create Something Real, which is the name of her debut solo album. I helped design it. But the thing that really stuck out to me in this interview is that she made this as a marketing piece for booking concerts and symphonies rather than just trying to send videos, which is what every other artist was doing. Oh, she wow. now has a solid product to say, this is who I am and this is all the things that my voice can do. I find that a lot of people try to do what everyone else is doing rather than taking the time and doing something different. But then the other side of things is rather than showing what you do, like a lot of people tend to throw up like throwback photos or whatnot, I think it's interesting to show who you are. And that's something about the identity work lately artists that created the Broadway Advocacy Coalition. I have so much more respect for them as Broadway performers now because they're doing this thing that's completely real and rooted in making change. And so that is, I guess, making that also a little bit more tangible. It's like we have a tendency to want to just showcase the product, but mm -hmm. I would encourage people to show the person, the personality, the process and yeah. don't feel like you have to just share, you know, production after production. It's it's more interesting to connect with you as a human. But that being said, nice produced pieces can help. <laughs> true, true. But people love behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. Love For it. Sure. And then what are some marketing pet peeves that you have? I think you might know my biggest pet peeve, but that's sent from my iPhone. Yes. <laughs> I yes. hate it because people are advertising for Apple rather than themselves. And it's so easy. In email excellence, there's a trick. It's it's so simple, but I've tracked it and you get 50 times the amount of clicks per month 
at least 50 times if you have this email signature. That's one thing. And then the other side, I don't know if you've felt this, Courtney, but it's the the cold marketing. Mm. So now that I'm a business, I get email pitches all the time. Oh, about, my God. It, it's the worst. It's the worst. Just for anyone that's listening, avoid this. It's the way that it applies to actors is that people add their audience to a mailing list without getting these people's permission, without getting consent. It's just not an effective way. You want your marketing to be permission-based. I'll just share a tip there. Rather than looking at acquiring new people and like it's called cold leads in business, it's like go warm up somebody you already have a relationship with. Yeah. But yeah, those are my two biggest pet peeves. I don't want to see an email was sent from my iPhone. (laughs) It's funny because I got a new phone recently and I don't know Uh that I've changed. uh (laughs) I have to go look now because I think it's We're going to get you on the Gmail app. Because that also, I think, is superior to Apple Mail. Oh, yeah. I use the Gmail app, so it should just automatically do that. Correct. Okay. Then I'm fine. I'm fine. But it's interesting because Facebook, Google, Apple, like these large tech companies are taking over the world and the internet, which is kind of the same thing in 2020. But in my experience, I never went in thinking I would be a tech guy. But now that I am in this world, I will tell you, you know, Apple is superior at hardware. Google is superior at software. And Facebook uh, thinks it's God, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear Scott told me, I think this morning, that Starbucks and someone else pulled their advertising from Facebook because they're not happy. It's tricky because it feels like a necessary evil Mm -hmm. until people start leaving. And then- And then we have some reconciling to do. But I support that. I think that that company needs to take a real good look in the mirror and realize life is about more than money. Yeah. I wish everyone would realize that. Me too. That like money (laughs) and power are not the end all be all, especially if it costs other people their lives. And you can't take it with you. No. Tony, what a note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. You can't take it with you. Bye. You can't take it with you, so live your best life. Thank you. Okay, bye. (laughs) Speaking of you can't take it with you, you give a lot of your proceeds that you make to charities that you care about. Why do you do that? Because life is about more than money. I want to make it an easy yes for my audience to invest in themselves. Sometimes it's really hard to spend money on yourself. I know firsthand. I'm like, well, I'll just do this myself rather than hire someone to Mm -hmm. do it. I want to make it easier. And and my whole mission, right, is to help you be a healthy CEO and to, like, change the world. So we do that through continued education and training. And when you invest in yourself, you're also investing in making a difference for someone else. So we've had a longtime partnership with Broadway Cares and have raised about $5,000. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm looking at possibly shifting things around in 2021 and spreading the wealth, if you will, and seeing seeing how we can really focus on specific causes that resonate, I know, with our company, but also with uh, the artist community. I hope people join your programs after listening to this, because then I can be in touch with them, too, through the Facebook group, if Facebook still exists at that point. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Right? Yeah, we may have to find another solution. But um, I would love. Yeah. And and Courtney, you have an amazing community. So I just want to thank you for what you do and the people that you bring together and the difference that you make. You're truly a bright light. That's why we're still friends and why we're talking right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. 
we have the same mission and purpose. We just do it in different ways. That's right. You're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like like living out your dream is inspiring to people who think that they can't live out their dream. And I showing that life is more than just being on TV and life is about growth and contribution and joy and love. You know, me just living that I hope is an inspiration to people to do the same. You inspire me, so. Thank you. (laughs) All right, friend, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And if you guys, I would actually, I'd love to know that people listen. That's the hard part about creating content is that you never really know who's watching or listening. If you would, if you listen, like send me a DM and just say like, hey, cool podcast. Like, I don't, I just want to know who's here. So I'm like, oh, wow, there's a human being on the other side. (laughs) Absolutely. I would love the same. I forget to mention that too on these. So you're so good about mentioning that, like. Take a screenshot. Show us that you're listening. It helps to know that you're not just creating something in a void. What I'll tell you, Courtney, is that there are times like I just had a story of a podcast guest who is going to be on Apple TV and they they actually it's a paid job. It's a celebrating Billy Porter, but Mm -hmm. they hired him to do this from listening to our episode. And it's (gasps) like I was like, I and it wasn't even something I shared. It's like just you never know who's listening. So this producer at Apple was like, oh, well, let's interview this guest as well. Oh, that's so cool. It's like small world, but yeah. Congratulations. Please. I didn't do anything other than talk (laughs) to amazing people like you. (laughs) Well, yeah, we just do this because we love it. We want to help people. And if it helps someone get a job out of it, hey, yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right, friend. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Tony Howell. Don't forget to sign up for Tony's free class on Monday, July 27th with the link in the show notes. That is a link that specifically says that you signed up through me so Tony knows how you found him because he's fancy like that and he collects data like that. This is a free class, so I don't get anything from you signing up for the free class using my link, but I believe that you are connected to me for any future purchases. And I might get an affiliate fee in the future if you use that link as well. Not sure how all that works, but if that ever happens, I'll reach out to you and give you a special bonus, probably with Tony. And don't forget, if this is before July 22nd, please vote yes for the sag After TV theatrical contract. And join us on Instagram Live, Sunday, July 26th at 6.30 p.m. Central. Woohoo! Can't wait to see you. And as always, before I go, a special thanks to Jamie and Eric at Blythe Martin Productions for my theme music, Joe Mazza at Brave Lux for my photo and my logo, and to Mike Caputo at Pod Clubhouse for producing this podcast. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is produced under the SAG AFTRA new media contract. Thanks, SAG AFTRA. I hope you've been inspired. I hope you've learned something new. I hope you take action on it. And I hope you feel better than you did before you were listening. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you next week. Mwah. Bye. with Courtney Rue. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is a Pod Clubhouse original production. Produced, engineered, and edited at Pod Clubhouse Studios. Follow us online at podclubhouse.com.